We're back again. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh. We're here to give you the rankings episode in season one of the Ahsoka series here today. Last week, we finished up what we saw on screen from season one of Ahsoka. Chase took us through the series of events. Today, we're going to close it all out with our rankings episode, which we really, truly enjoy. And, you know, just amazing timing. It just happened to be our 200th episode that we have put out for you folks. It's a it's a hell of a milestone, big accomplishment. 200 episodes anywhere is a big deal, and we're just happy that it happened to fall on a day we do some of our favorite episodes in the rankings. And on top of that, happy New Year's Eve, folks. Tomorrow is January 1st, 2024. We're closing out 2023 with a bang here today. With our Let's rankings, go! <laughs> Hell yeah, man! So before we get jumped into our ranking categories, I'm gonna turn the floor over to Chase to say a few words. Yeah, man, it's it's been an awesome ride for this first season of Ahsoka. You know, this one really took me by surprise. It's jammed, action packed. Even each episode was intriguing. Like there was really no downtime in this season. And it's great to have that familiarity with Star Wars, but nice to really do something brand new. And especially on our rankings episode, you know, these are our favorite. So uh, Malice in the Chalice, and I'll let Jay Nelly kick us off today, man. Cheers. Happy New Year. Cheers, man. Happy New Year to you as well. And to all of you out there listening to us here today, we do have five ranked categories. And to start us out, we're going to tackle our ranked order of episodes from eight to number one number eight being our least favorite of what we saw in season one number one being our top favorite episode i will go ahead and kick us off here today for me coming in at number eight is episode three there's nothing wrong with it i think that if it was in another production it may have ranked a little bit higher but there was just a lot of great episodes here in ahsoka and something's got to come in last place. And for me, it was episode three. It was a little bit slower, not a ton of action, more so like explaining things, kind of tying into the storyline, a bit slower, a bit shorter too. I think it was only 37 minutes long, something along that time, 35, 37. Uh, it just, uh, it was fine. Nothing, like I said, nothing against it. But the episodes before and after just happened to be a little bit higher on my list so again coming in at number eight was episode three for me i'm going to turn the floor to chase what's your number eight episode great minds think alike man episode three number eight it uh nothing like you said i think you hit the nail on the head nothing wrong with it i mean we got to see ahsoka and like that spacesuit thing with lightsabers that was pretty cool Got to see like that spaceship battle, but she was fighting them off with the lightsabers while standing on the ship. But it wasn't like there was just so many good episodes. It wasn't one where I was like, man, that defined the season or anything for me. So for that episode three, I put is number eight. What's your next one, Janelle? Yeah, number seven for me, I put episode six. And the reason I've got episode six as number seven is very similar to the reasons I put uh, episode three at number eight is that there wasn't a ton of action. The one cool part and the one redeeming quality about episode six is that we first were introduced to Grand Admiral Thrawn and that was cool. 
But outside of that, there wasn't a ton of action. Yes, we had Sabine Wren allowed to go out on the Howler in search of Ezra Bridger. She was able to take out a few bandits here and there. But for the most part, Ahsoka was stuck in that spaceship with the Purgle space whales up there. She didn't make her way down just yet. And, you know, it was just being trying to find Ezra. They allowed Balin's skull and Shinati to follow at their own pace. But not a lot happened. And, yes, I do know at the very end of the episode, we got what we were looking for and found out that Ezra Bridger is still alive. And we had that cool reunion between Sabine and Ezra. But there just wasn't a whole lot, you know, to work with with this episode. You know, even in the storyline side of stuff, I, I, the only major key aspect was we got Grand Animal Thrawn. He, we got to see a little bit of the games he plays. He honored Balin Skull's deal, allowing Sabine to go find Ezra, but then he had to did like the double play on it and, and told Balin and Shinati to go destroy them at their own pace there too. So, it, you know, we got to see a little bit of the inner workings of Grand Admiral Thrawn's mind. But outside of that, there wasn't much going on in the episode specifically. So for me... My number seventh ranking went to episode number six. What's your seventh ranked episode, bro? Great minds think alike, man. This is funny. <laughs> yeah, episode uh, six. That's exactly what I have for number seven. Like you said, we did have that big conclusion where she finally finds Ezra. But same thing. It was just kind of piecing together the puzzle, and there wasn't a whole lot of action in it. Um, of course, she did got to see like the howlers which was cool and kind of like the nomads in the area but yeah it's for that reason i think you nailed it episode six i put uh as number seven on my list what's your next one yeah man number six for me guys it goes to episode number two and the reason why it goes episode number two it was kind of the aftermath of the really big conclusion of episode one where sabine got stabbed through the the stomach abdominal area with the lightsaber by Shin Hati and was making her recovery from that. And she was able to finally come to, she, we got to learn a little bit more about her. She still had the long hair at that point. We still, Ahsoka still didn't know if she could trust Sabine enough to be a, a contributor on her team. Is this, you know, could I, can I trust her? Can I not trust her? I'm not really sure. You know, Hu Yang's trying to give his input to it. But again, this is episode I think would have ranked maybe higher in other productions that we've covered. It just happened to be that this series so far, and especially season one in the series here to open it up, there's just a lot of really cool things. And, and of all the cool stuff that I saw, this one just ranked a little bit behind the rest. Nothing too crazy. I still enjoyed the episode. I'm not saying it sucked. All I'm saying is that I liked other episodes more. So for me, my uh, number six ranking went to episode two. What about your number six, bro? Yeah, number six, this is where we differ a little bit. I put episode seven. I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool. We got to see the final showdown with Ahsoka and Balin Skull, even though she still couldn't win against Daddy Skull. But I still felt like it was really building to the climax of episode eight. So, But it was still really good. It's just it's very hard to really rank it any higher when there's so much to compete with. Um, so for that reason, I put uh, episode uh, seven as number six on my list. What about you for your next one? Yeah, man, going into number five, my fifth ranked episode, I'm going to put episode one. I think this is the perfect spot to put it. It's like kind of right at the halfway mark. We got introduced to everybody. We got to see that really cool uh, high-speed chase with Sabine when she was supposed to be introduced and talk about 
uh, the the new version of how are things going to go since Ezra saved them all. There was that big mural that the the main guy, the governor on that planet, had put together. It was supposed to be this really cool thing, and then Sabine wasn't there, so he told his his backside guy, "Hey." distract these people say something you know you do do what you gotta do but keep these people occupied and then we had sabine like like going off on her little speeder bike and was able to outmaneuver the the police people i don't even know what to call them. i was gonna call them the, the quote-unquote police trying to get her back to the to the ceremony and she ends up getting back to her hut that was cool then we had ahsoka land we got to see ahsoka for the first time on screen in this series then she goes to go see uh sabine they have some words. They try to re- uh, reconcile some things. It doesn't really go to plan. Sabine takes the map, bounces out back to her little area, then gets taken over by two droids and Shin Hati. We got to see a one-on-one saber battle between someone who's been training nonstop with their master and someone who's taken some time off. We got to see Shin Hati throw that fucking saber through her chest and almost kill Sabine. That was a really awesome way to ignite this series, to really start it off. I think it was dope. It just happens at that halfway point for me because there were some other aspects and other things of the other episodes I enjoyed a bit more personally. So I could definitely see this episode ranked higher on people's list. For me, I think number five is a perfect spot to put it for me. Let's go into yours, brother. What's number five for you? Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> Great minds think alike. I got episode one is number five. Same thing, man. It was really awesome. It was a great way to start the series. I mean, of course, just like you said, we saw the animosity between Ahsoka and Sabine, but we got to learn a little bit more about Sabine and like how she kind of was a rebel because she didn't feel like, uh, you know, Ahsoka was there for her. But at the same time, too, like with it building, what was so cool about it was you didn't expect to see a lightsaber fight on the first episode. And it did. And we had Shinna T that looks like Aegon Targaryen <laughs> show up. And then you had Sabine pull out a lightsaber. Like, no one thought based on what she, you know, looking, she was kind of like that rebel, you know, riding that land speeder against the police that wanted to bring her in, right? No one thought she would have Jedi training. So for that, I put it at number five. I, I thought it was a great episode. Uh, what's your number four? Yeah, man. Number four for me. This is getting to the top half of the list. So number four, for me, I rang in episode seven. And the reason why I rang episode seven in here as opposed to below where Chase put it is because there are some few things that really stuck out to me. The whole episode, you know, there was some slow parts. It was a shorter episode. But what we got on screen was really impactful to me. I would say, you know, Ahsoka versus Balin Skull round two. We got to see a little bit closer of a matchup. You know, we got to see the really cool battle choreography. We got Shinati against Ezra Bridger and Sabine. And Ezra decided to only utilize the Force in this fight. And Sabine was doing her best as she could. And it looked like it was going to go in their favor. Then the, the tides tilted when the reinforcements that Grand Admiral Thrawn sent their way, sent Shinati's way, showed up. And then all of a sudden it looked like Sabine and Ezra were on the decline. And then Thrawn decided to pull those back. And then Ahsoka showed up after she got away from uh, Balin Skull by utilizing Hu Yang in the air to hit that smoke screen down below and she took his howler and then all of a sudden it was Sabine, Ahsoka and Ezra facing off against Shinati telling and Ahsoka's like hey give me your fucking weapon I can help you and she sprints away like there's just a lot of important things that happen in that key aspect of episode 7 that I think could affect the storyline later on so that's why I ranked it a bit higher than Chase did 
you know, I, I, overall, like I said, it was a shorter episode, but I do think the key moments in episode seven were a little bit more important than the other episodes I ranked below it. So again, episode seven hits my number four ranking for me. What's your number four, brother? Number four, you're not going to like this, but I put episode two specifically, or I mean, it started off slow, but that fight with Merrick was fucking awesome, man. People forget that when Merrick was, you know, making his lightsaber like a bandsaw coming after Ahsoka and Ahsoka, you know, you can tell she's definitely been taking on some novices at this point, right? And uh, she still got bailed out when... uh. You know, the spaceship came down and was shooting lasers at her, and Marek, Merrick, hopped on that spaceship and then took off with Balin Skull, Shinati, and Morgan Elsbeth. So, for that reason, just because I thought it was a badass lightsaber fight, I gave episode two as my number four. Now we're getting into the good stuff. What's your next one, brother? Yeah, man. Hitting the top three. My number third ranked episode. Dude, it's episode four, man. Episode four was sick. And if it wasn't for two other episodes, I think ranked a little bit higher just based on some action sequences. This probably ranked a little bit above where I put it here today. But I will say my number three is episode four for the fact of we got a lot of action here. We had Hu Yang fighting like rumble robots with the fucking guys that were coming in trying to take over and he was calling for help. Then Sabine and Ahsoka drop out of the jungle area where it's all like red leaf forest. We got Merrick again. Then we got Sabine and Shinati again. So we got Ahsoka versus Merrick round two. We got Sabine versus Shinati round two. Ahsoka makes decent work of Merrick and then bounces out to go find the map that's about to be projected and given the precise coordinates of what they need. When I say they, Morgan, Elizabeth, and Balin Skull need to find Grand Admiral Thrawn in the other galaxy. So she has to go run and try to figure that out. We got Sabine doing a little bit better than she did back in episode one against Shinati, and she's able to. Uh, get her to the point where Shinati has to run off even though she fake used the force. She tried to use the force. It didn't really do anything. Shinati turned her face and she said, you have no power here. Then she shot with her blaster, hit the, like, the hill of her hand. So regardless, she did a little bit better. Shinati had to run off on that on that note and then when we get to that little area the big cliff with all the stone pillars around it we got the map and it's showing the direct coordinate ahsoka shows up she tries to take on Balin's skull one-on-one it doesn't go her way there's a part in it where she gets the upper hand quickly then she makes some dumb mistakes she only uses one saber versus her double saber and then on top of that, she grabs the map when it's in full usage. Like, this is like the hot ass thing. It burned her fucking hand to third degree burn. She drops it, and all of a sudden, she's weakened from it. Balin's Cole gets up after getting kicked down by her, knocks her ass off the fucking cliff. Sabine's got to make a choice here. She doesn't know what to do. Balin's Cole, like, whispers sweet nothings in her ear and tells her that, hey, I'm going to make sure that we find Ezra. I promise you, we'll give you the opportunity. This, that, and the third. And, and she ends up going with them willingly. Shin Hati tried to show up and help out. You know, this is after Ahsoka threw her ass against the stone pillar, knocked her ass out. Regardless, there's just so much action in this, like so many one-on-one battles that, that dude, if there, was, if there wasn't two other episodes that I thought were a little bit more like in-depth and in dope in terms of the sequences and choreography, this probably would have ranked higher. But based on where it was and, and everything that we saw from the other ones, this one still gets a prestigious spot for me at number three. Again, episode four comes into my third rank spot today. Go into your number three, brother. 
Great minds think alike, man. Episode four is my number three. All the reasons you said. I think you killed it. You know, we got the showdown with Daddy Balin and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka fell off the cliff like Mufasa, unfortunately. And then, uh, you know, you even had that struggle with um, Sabine and Balin. And she decided to go with him at that point as well. And, of course, she had... Like you said, you nailed it. The whole Sabine and Shin Hati round two. So it was awesome, man. It was absolutely fantastic. So it took number three on my list. Top two, baby. Top two. Back to you, Jay Nelly. Yeah, man. Number two for me, we're going to ring in episode eight. Episode eight hits my number two spot. We had that really sick sequence of this ship that Ahsoka had that wasn't really working or functioning all that well. There was two TIE fighters coming at her. Sabine uses her ability to, to jump that ship and knock out the wings of the two. Her ship goes crashing down, but those two TIE fighters are done as well. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn already kind of assumes that they lost, since they lost contact, they're going to like pursue a, a foot assault. So they go on foot. They, he sends a bunch of troops out there. They take them down. When I say they, I'm talking Ahsoka. I'm talking Sabine. I'm talking Ezra Bridger. Those three motherfuckers are storming the damn castle, and they start making their way through. The witches of Dathomir and the Great Mothers, they had to pump their power into Morgan Elizabeth, give her this sword that's going to be on par with the lightsabers, get this nasty showdown with Ahsoka and Morgan Elizabeth. In the meantime, we got Ezra and Sabine dealing with these damn zombie troopers that they're mowing down. They're coming back up because of the great mothers using their witchcraft to to bring them back zombie style. You know, then we got uh, uh, Sabine finally mastering a level of the force, throwing Ezra Bridger up on that, that ship, making sure that at least someone from their side makes it back to the regular galaxy with Grand Admiral Thrawn, with everyone that's on that ship. And, and staying on there, Sabine makes a choice to stick with her master, ends up helping her out, knocks down the troopers around her. Ahsoka ends up defeating Morgan Elizabeth in single combat, takes her out. It was just a lot going on, and I think this episode had a lot more to do with how the story is going to unfold from here than, let's say, episode 4 did in my last ranking. And that's why episode 8 gets a little bit higher of a ranking than episode 4. All those reasons, and I think it's just going to play into the storyline a tad bit more. And there was still a lot of action, a lot of cool shit to see on screen. So for me, my number 2 ranking went to episode 8. What's your number 2, brother? (laughs) Same thing. Episode 8, man. All the reasons you said. I thought it was really cool. They brought the witches into it, the great mothers, and how they made... You know, the Blade of Talisman, that was fucking cool. I never thought anything else could compete with the lightsaber besides you had the dark saber in the Mandalorian. Uh, and just like you said, you had that whole Night King moment where the stormtroopers came back to life. And, you know, you had Sabine save the day with Ezra and killed that stormtrooper. And, you know, Ezra was slicing stormtroopers' heads off as they were running through the rooms. And you had that moment where... Kind of like that Darth Maul moment when they ran into Morgan Elsbeth and then Ahsoka took on Morgan Elsbeth one-on-one while you had like everything firing down upon them from the spaceship and the stormtroopers. Then Ezra was trying to jump on the starship at the same time and then Sabine stayed back to help. So, And then at the very end, I can't believe you didn't mention this, we had the cameo from our guy, Anakin Skywalker. So it was fantastic. I think I know it's your number one. I'll let you take it away, man. Take it away, Jay Nelly. Yeah, man, this is wild. Outside number two and number seven, we pretty much have the same ranking so far to this point, which doesn't typically happen. You know, we never 
we never get to the point where we discuss this beforehand. It's always done live on the show. So wild that it's been so equal up until this point. And, you know, I have a feeling that our number one episode is probably the same. And I, I honestly expect the grand majority of Star Wars fans to put this episode as their number one ranked episode for the season one of Ahsoka. Because, dude, there's nothing better <laughs> than fucking episode five. Episode five gets our no- my number one ranked here. I'm assuming it's going to be the same for Chase because we haven't heard him say it before. So I think by process of elimination, we can sit here and, and just openly discuss how episode five was the best episode in the Ahsoka series. And honestly, one of the best episodes in a star Wars spinoff that I've seen in so long, this motherfucker Ahsoka was presumed dead. She's laying in the damn ocean. She hits this purgatory very much like this Harry Potter style Dumbledore at King's Cross station ends up along this rainbow road path where she sees Anakin fucking Skywalker tell her that he's there to complete her training when she's supposed to be half fucking dead. And he ends up fighting her hand-to-hand combat with his sword, his lightsaber sword style. And we get to see Anakin Skywalker back in action again since the fucking Revenge of the Sith. Or if you want to count the Obi-Wan series and when he's fully Vader, that's fine. I'm more or less talking about Anakin himself before he went to the dark side. Whatever way you want to say it, either way, it was super fucking dope to see these people go hand-to-hand combat, master versus apprentice, and we got to see the lessons he was trying to teach her. They go back in time to their uh, time together in the Clone Wars, her time on Mandalore, he's learning things about her, she's learning things about what he was trying to teach, and it's integrating itself into the present day. Shit was sick. He said, you're going to live or die. She said, no. He said, incorrect. And they went fucking blow for blow, nonstop. You got to see Anakin change from the the blue-eyed, regular dope dude, good guy that he is. Then he has eyes change red, and he's Vader again, and the silhouette changes from a regular human to the outskirts of Darth Vader and the cape coming out of the red saber. Dude, that was so much fucking dope shit in this episode. And she ends up disarming him and tossing a saber off at the very end. And there's nothing more that he can teach her. She went ahead and she decided she was going to live or die. She fucking lived. And she went back this whole time. But regardless, on top of that, we got Arison Dua's son, Jason, showing some force potential here. Hearing the lightsaber stuff in another realm. That shit wasn't happening on the planet where he was. He told his mom, listen, can you hear the lightsabers? He heard that shit in a fucking spiritual realm while he was in the physical realm. So we're going to have to figure out who this motherfucker is because I think he's going to have a big part to play going down the line. And on top of that, we got Captain Tava and Hera like disobeying the the Senate and the committee there, trying to figure out how they could be helpful. And, and you know, if they didn't show up, fucking Ahsoka Tana dies just from drowning in the fucking ocean. So there's just so much shit that happens in episode five that it was above and beyond the number one episode in this season. That's all there is to it. That's all I got to say about it. Bro, go away with your number one and tell us why. Episode five took the cake. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. It's like the other ones were so close because they were all really good. This just shot through the roof. Like it won the race by miles, man. It was fucking awesome. Uh, Honestly, just like you said, I agree with you. It's the best episode I've seen out of any Star Wars spinoff before ever. Even out of and there were great ones in Obi-Wan, too. And I just love this one. Uh, even to the point, just to piggyback off what you said, he kicked her into the pink mist when she fell, when he played a little dirty, cut the platform. I haven't taught you everything yet. 
she fell down and then you got to see the backstory of ahsoka and anakin there and when they were in the clone wars and right there that's where you got to see where the lights were going off and he would turn the shadow from anakin to vader and you lack conviction and it was awesome it was so sick uh, and and at the same time, too, they brought it in seamlessly. And that's what was so great. It wasn't like they just threw some shit in there. Like, it all made sense. And like we were saying, like, what if she did die? Like, it was the total Anakin way. Like, I, you know, you've been facing some novices. You got cocky. And now we're going to see what you're made of. And that's exactly what it was. It was an A++++ episode. Absolutely fantastic. Episode 5, Anakin and Ahsoka, baby, takes number one on my list. You want to go through your list, Jay Nelly? Yeah, real quick, we're going to go 8 through 1. For me, my number 8th ranked episode was episode 3. My 7th ranked episode, episode 6. 6th ranked episode, episode 2. 5th ranked episode, episode 1. 4th ranked episode, episode 7. Third ranked episode, episode four, second ranked episode, episode eight, and my number one ranked episode, episode five. How about you go through your eight through one, brother? Episode uh, number eighth place, I have episode three. Number seven, I have episode six. Number six, I have episode seven. Number five, episode one. Number four, episode two. Number three, episode four. Number two, episode eight. And number one, agree on all counts, episode five. Hell yeah, man. That's wild. That's the closest I think we've ever ranked all of our episodes in eight through one. We only have two that are off, and they're in the other flip-flop space. You know, we I, I ranked my uh, number six episode, episode two. And you ranked at number seven, and I ranked my number four episode, episode seven, and you ranked at number two. So we just flip-flopped seven and two. That's crazy. That's never happened before. So to move on into our next category, we're going to rank our top five creatures that we found here in season one. I went first on the last category. I'll let Chase take his number five ranked creature here. Go ahead and start us off, brother. Yeah, I put this as a creature for number five. I put the bandits of Peridia. I don't know if they're like an actual creature or what they are, but they're not human. So that's why I put it as number five. I thought it was kind of cool. They were like the nomads that were there that were on the planet that they saw that they kind of killed off and they attacked and kind of like robbed people. So I put that as number five. What's your number five, Jay Nelly? Yeah, man. The reason I put this creature at number five is because it only makes a quick cameo at the very end of episode eight. If there was any more to it, I would have ranked it a little bit higher because I know what this creature means to Sabine Wren specifically going forward. But there was the Convor. And the Convor is a white owl. This like white owl bird. And, and if you guys have watched the Clone Wars animated series, the old guys will understand why this ranks at least on the list here for me. It's shown quickly at the very end in the cameo, uh, episode eight, but that's exactly why I had it added to it because I just know where it's going to go from there. So for me, my number fifth ranked creature in season one is the Convor. Bro, go into your number four, man. Yeah, and number four, this one wasn't in it very much either. 
but I put uh, the loth cat named Merle, which was Sabine Wren's cat that was at the very beginning in episode one. I thought that was cool, man. Uh, what about uh, your next one? On the same page again, my number four ranked creature is the Lothcat as well, named Merle. It's Sabine Wren's Lothcat. We see that like in the very beginning of episode one, especially when they come in and try to take the map from her. The cat kind of gives her the warning that something's not right. Uh, so, yeah, man, it, it was really cool. We've seen Lothcats in The Mandalorian as well. This is just a creature that comes up every once in a while. It was a little more prevalent than the Convore. It showed up a little, bit, a few more scenes, so I put it a little bit higher, but not much. So my number four spot also went to the Lothcat. Let's go into your number three, my man. Number three, I put the Noti. I know they were in it a good bit, but I don't know. They just didn't do much for me, but they were an important role. So I had to rank them on the list, but I mean, their shells were cool, but... I mean, even Ezra Bridger said, I mean, they're not really meant to for fighting or anything. Like, they used that slingshot, and it really didn't do much. But they were like those crab things. So, uh, number three, I put the no T. <laughs> what was your next one, brother? Yeah, from me into my third ranking here, I put the Howler. And the reason why, I promise I would have put the Howler higher if it wasn't such a bitch. And the reason I say that, dude, is like this Howler ran away from the fight when the bandits circled up on Sabine. Like this motherfucker like ran off and she, after she took out these bandits, she even said, no, go away. You ran away. I can't trust you. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. And it, it like whined and cried to come back and she finally accepted it back. You know, but at the very beginning when she jumped on this Howler, I forget what episode it was, maybe episode six, I think when she jumped on this thing like badass it was like a wolverine almost looked like one of the the wolves of isengard man it looked so fucking sick i thought the thing was gonna be a badass and then i bitched out when it went time to fucking fight and i thought that was some bullshit so it would have ranked higher but because of like the actions this howler took i'm cutting its ass down to the number three spot there was a couple more that i thought were a little bit at least more useful than this motherfucker but yeah for me the howler hits the number three spot jump into your number two man disrespectful sir <laughs> so disrespectful that's okay i'll let it slide uh number two i put the purgles the space whales they were useful i mean i didn't really care for them they were basically big ass whales that floated through space and they used them as cargo transportation <laughs> that's exactly what they were so that's all the respect I got for those space whales. And uh, so number two, I put the Purgle. What's your next one, brother? Yeah, number two for me are the Noti. The reason they got this high on the list is because these motherfuckers have survived on this planet somehow. These motherfuckers can't fight back. They can't do shit, but somehow they're still cooking. And on top of that, they were able to, to make friends with Ezra Bridger. He was able to make friends with them. They have some level of understanding. And when they shell up, nothing gets through. There. Like, they've got impenetrable defense, dude. Like They are good at that, and they're always on the move. And though they can't help out battle-wise, it seems that they're just a genuine and good creature. They're the ones that allowed Sabine to find Ezra, get that reunited, get that, that reunion going and kicking things off. On the other side, back where Ezra Bridger can now go to his galaxy and start making things happen on that end so the noti are really really important and integral pieces of the plot line without them i don't think ezra bridger survives i don't think he handles things the way he does and also now fucking 
Ahsoka and Sabine are stuck with the naughty. So we're going to figure out what's going to happen there. But I think that they're just super important. And though they're not helpful to the fighting effort, they've got great defense and they seem like good overall characters. So they hit the number two spot for me. Bro, go into your number one ranked uh, creature for season one here. Number one, the Howlers, baby. I don't care if that one was a bitch. Uh, Balin Skull and Shinna T were riding them. They didn't bitch out. Yeah, so the Howlers, baby. They were like the wargs in Lord of the Rings, just like you said. It was sick. It reminded. They were like horses, but wolves that they would ride. It was cool. Howler takes the cake by far. Number one, howling away here. <laughs> What's your number one, Jay Nelly? Number one for me are the Purgle Space Whales because without them fuckers, we're not even in the galaxy. We don't even. We can't even stop the shit that's about to happen. We can't take out half the damn population. We don't have any information. The Purgle Space Whales, Ahsoka was able to communicate with utilizing the Force. They have this like humpback like body from the the midsection upwards and the octopus tentacles from the midsection backwards and they are, are floating through space like that and they hit the hyperspeed on their own they don't even need no technology that's how dope they are they're able to tra- transport themselves and others through space and time into different galaxies that shit's unheard of and they take them exactly where they need to be and on top of that they landed in a space minefield and none of the space minefield explosions killed any of these purgles they just got sick of getting blown up they're like all right let's get the fuck out of here so they dropped sabine off exactly or i'm sorry they dropped ahsoka off exactly where ahsoka needed to be and they did the fuck out without them purgle spells not even to mention to go back in time this is exactly how ezra bridger trapped thrawn inside these fuckers and took them to the the uh banished galaxy in the first place through these damn space whales so these things have got some abilities we've never seen them before they look cool on screen it's no doubt the number one spot goes to the purgle aka the space whales that's my number one ranked creature here in season one of ahsoka bro before we move on to our next category go through your five through one of your favorite creatures number five i have the bandits of peridia number four the loth cat named merly sabine wren's cat number three the noti number two the purgles the space whales and number one the howler the wolves the wolves of ahsoka all right man for me I, I got number five the convor which is a white owl that bird that you find at the very end of the cameo in episode eight Number four, also the the loth cat named Merle, Sabine Wren's cat. Number three, I put the Howler because it's a coward. Looks fucking cool, but it's a coward. Number two, got the Naughty. And then number one, the Purgle Space Whales in the spot they fucking should be. Now, to move on to our next <laughs> category, we are going to rank the top five pilots slash drivers that we found in season one of Ahsoka. So Chase took the beginning of that last category. I'm going to start us off here. My number five ranked pilot slash driver in season one of Ahsoka is Ahsoka herself. She's good. She has, like, you know, she's adequate, but there's just other ones along the way that have shown they are better in the pilot seat in these spaceships than she is. You know, she has been times where she had to have others take over while she handled business outside because that's not her forte. But I will say she's talented enough to crack the top five, but that's exactly where she slides in at is number five in the top five pilots drivers of season one of Ahsoka. Who's your number five ranked pilot driver, brother, in this season? Number five. This one's not going to be thought of much, but I put Ezra Bridger, man. (laughs) He uh, piloted all the way home 
took off that stormtrooper hat. Obviously, you know, made it a long way. He's the one that got stranded on that planet looking for Thrawn. So I got to give credit where credit is due. A lot of people aren't going to think about that. But I put number five is Ezra Bridger. What's your next one? Okay, I see you. Number four for me, I went with Hu Yang, the robot. We saw some really cool flight patterns from him while Ahsoka had to handle business on the ground. He's the one that hit the smoke screen to distract Balin's skull while Ahsoka was able to dive off. She, he's also the one that used that maneuver where he dropped the the uh, ramp down and she was able to tuck and roll and get into that confrontation with Balin's skull on the second time. And also, on top of that, we got to see Hu Yang in the very beginning. He was a pilot and stayed a little bit away in the temple when Ahsoka initially found the map. So, Hu Yang finds himself in the driver's seat quite a bit. And he's very proficient at it. There's just a few people that I think are a little bit better. So, for me, uh, my number four ranked pilot driver in season one, the fourth ranked spot goes to Hu Yang. What about you, man? What's your number four? Same, man. I put Hu Yang as number four. So... Got to give credit where credit is due. He's the one that basically drove the spaceship most of the time <laughs> this entire season. But for all the reasons you said, I put Hu Yang as number four on my list. Sounds good, brother. To jump into my number three. Number three, look, dude, I'll be honest. I could have flip-flopped my number two and number three. It was hard for me to decide this. But in my final decision, I put my number three spot and gave it to Captain Carson Tava. And the reason why I gave it to Captain Tava here at number three as we've seen him in a couple different episodes. We've seen him in uh, The Mandalorian. He's one was there with the Ice Spiders. I think it was episode two of season two of The Mandalorian. He helped them motherfuckers get out of there when he could have arrested them, could have made it, like, life fucking miserable for him. He decided not to. He was uh, uh, taking command from Arison Dula, making sure we're, we're sweeping the area, trying to find Ahsoka. They are able to find Ahsoka in the water when they get down below after she has that little purgatory interaction with Anakin Skywalker. He even speaks up at the Council Force and Arison Dua asking about the conflict on Mandalore. He's been to Mandalore specifically and they almost killed him before uh, Din Jarman's like, hey, no, guys, like, like, let's chill out for a second. So Captain Carson Tava has been everywhere and then some as a pilot. And I wish I could have ranked him a little bit higher, but there's a reason I didn't. And there's a couple people I ranked a little bit above him. But for me, my number three ranked spot as the top pilots and drivers in season one of Ahsoka went to Captain Carson Tava. What's your number three spot, brother? Yeah, it's impressive because I almost put him in there too, just because he's not in it as much. I didn't, but number three, I put Ahsoka Tano because just because she was able to catch up to Thrawn, I know she got stopped uh, when Morgan Elsbeth hit the button and, you know, hit that shock wave. But, uh, yeah, number three, I put Ahsoka Tano uh, just for specifically what we've seen her do in season one of Ahsoka. All right. Moving into my number two rank spot, I put General Era Syndulla as my number two. And I, I kind of struggle with this because I was debating whether Captain Carson Tava should go above her. But General Era Syndulla has her title for a reason. And she's the one giving orders for a reason, telling people where to be and when to be. So for me, this means that other people respect her in the position that she's in. So she's got to be one hell of a pilot, someone who does a fantastic job or else she wouldn't be in the position that she is. And she makes her own decisions. She tries to do what's right for the Republican and follows her own instincts, which is something that, you know, I didn't see from Carson Tava. I think he's more of an order follower where Eris and Dula, she does what she feels that she needs to do with or without permission. We've saw that here in season one. And so because of that small minuscule differential between the two i am going to elevate 
Eris and Duel to my number two spot in the top ranked pilots and drivers here in season one of Ahsoka. What is your number two spot go to, brother? Great minds think alike, man. Harrison Dula. And uh, specifically the moment, too, remember she was able to put the tracker on Thrawn's on the ship to find Thrawn. So, yeah, she's great. I mean, there's a reason she is a general, you know. There is a reason that people respect her so much. So, number two I gave to Hera. What's your number one, Jay Nelly? Yeah, number one from me. And this was pretty easy because I think nonstop we got to see who was the the highlight pilot of season one. For me, it was Sabine Wren. And we got to see it even as early as episode one when she was just on that speeder bike flying away from the I, I, I call him the police. They're not really the police, whatever the fuck that guy was. He was she was doing some crazy maneuvers. She went parallel underneath their ship. She just flew circles around these motherfuckers. And on top of that, when Sabine and Ahsoka weren't seeing eye to eye, Ahsoka realized that she needed to give up the command to Sabine and have Sabine tell her what she needed from her. Even on top of that, there's times where Ahsoka had to go out on the ship's wing with her lightsabers and cut things in half while Sabine was the one piloting because Sabine just happened to be the better pilot. And then on top of that too, when they were on that in the land of madness and fairy tales, when the two TIE fighters are coming out, she had the dope idea to come at them sideways, use the last little bit of uh, ability that their spaceship had to take out the two wings of the TIE fighters and knock them completely irrelevant and uh, disallow them from going any further and, and causing them any more disruption. So I think time and time again, Sabine Wren has shown that she is the top tier pilot so far here, at least in season one of Ahsoka. So that is what my number one rank spot goes to. It goes to Sabine Wren. What about you, man? Who's your number one spot? Great minds think alike, man. Sabine Wren. This is wild. Uh, yeah, you know what I would love to see Sabine Wren do based on the things you said? A pod race. Anakin was a fucking pod racer. I would love to see Sabine Wren do a pod race. That would be sick. But yeah, just like you said, I mean, we got to see her on the land speeder, speeder uh, at the beginning. And yeah, just, you know, exactly that. She hit the gas, hit the uh, overdrive right into those two TIE fighters that exploded. Uh, she's fantastic. So for that, I gave Sabine Rent my number one spot. You want to go through your list, Jay Nelly? Yes, sir. My number five spot in the top five pilots and drivers in season one. Number five goes to Ahsoka. Number four goes to Hu Yang. Number three goes to Captain Carson Teva. Number two, General Eris Sindula. And number one, Sabine Wren. What about you, man? What's your five through one? Number five, I got Ezra Bridger. Number four, Hu Yang. Number three, Ahsoka Tano. Number two, Hera Syndulla. And number one, Sabine Wren. Sick, brother. To move on into our next category, we are going to rank our top five favorite moments here in season one. I know I was the one that jumped off and, and kicked this off for our last category. So, Chase, hit your number five ranked favorite moment here in season one of Ahsoka. Number five ranked favorite moment. You know, there were so many great moments really in this season. So it was really hard for me to pick like what's in the top five. So number five, though, I put the uh, Ahsoka lightsaber fight with Marek in episode two, man. I love that fucking fight when he ignites it to the bandsaw like we saw with the uh, night dark sisters over in um, or whatever they are. The night sisters over in Obi-Wan series. It was awesome. It was badass. And, you know, she tried to hold her own, but 
it, overall it was just fantastic and then he jumped on that ship there was a lot going on so number one i put episode two ahsoka's fight with merrick what about yours yeah man number five for me goes to the battle between shin hati and sabine wren in episode one i just thought this was a very dope way to kick off the very first episode in the series of ahsoka we sabine wren's been out of practice for how long Shinati has been trained by Balin Skull, who we've talked about numerous times throughout this season one of Ahsoka as someone who's not to be taken lightly. And we got to see in the very first episode of fucking Lightsaber Battle to end it. And not only Lightsaber Battle, we got to see Sabine Wren stabbed through the stomach or abdominal area and what uh, a blow that would kill most people. And we got left with the cliffhanger, her just laying on the ground and Ahsoka going down to her aid. We had no idea how that left off. That could have been it for her. That could have been Sabine Ren, who we looked like, it looked like there was going to be a main focal point, a main character going forward. That could have been the end of her. She had this lightsaber stabbed through her body. And we just, it's something I haven't really seen in the very first episode of a series. And that's just a way to kick it off, man. So for me, that hit the number fifth ranked top moment here in season one. What about your number four? Number four. Uh, and once again, there are a lot of great moments, so people are going to probably wonder why this is so low. But I put the fight with Balin Skull and Ahsoka and Sabine Wren and Shin Hati, um, which was when they were trying to get the map in episode four. So I thought that was awesome. Once again, I would have ranked it higher, but there's so many really cool moments, uh, ones that weren't even battle scenes that I absolutely loved. So for that, that whole big debacle, really, with all of it. You know, you had the second round with Sabine against Shin, and then you had Balin Skull against Ahsoka, and then Shin came towards Ahsoka and Balin, and Ahsoka threw her against the wall, and then you had Ahsoka try to grab the map, but it was burning, and then Balin threw her off the cliff. And then Sabine Wren, he was like trying to convince her to go with him and she chose to go because Ezra Bridger. So that whole climactic moment, I put it as number four on my list. Uh, what about you, Jay Nelly? Yeah, to move into number four for me, the number my number four favorite moment here in season one of Ahsoka was when C-3PO shows up and gets General Eris into a cleared by order of Leia Organa. I just thought there was a lot of nostalgia here and a lot of bringing in other pieces from other works, and I just thought it was sick. C-3PO, been there since the very original trilogy with Luke, Leia, Han Solo, all that shit, so I thought that was really cool to bring him in. Then on top of that, you get a quick like name drop of Senator Leia Organa, who we know who she becomes, and we've seen her as a child in the Obi-Wan series. So just from this nostalgia alone and the impact of how that got Arasandula off of the charges, I put that as my number four ranked moment because I thought it was super important to the series. And on top of that, you draw on that nostalgia from the original Star Wars trilogy. thought that was super sick, man. So for me, that was my number four ranked moment is when C-3PO showed up and got... Uh, Senator, uh, General Arasandula off the charges. What about you, man? What's your next one? Yeah, number three. I got uh, the Ahsoka and Sabine fight with Morgan Elsbeth and the stormtroopers surrounding them. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I love the aerial like acrobatics they pulled, and Morgan had the blade of talisman, and you know the witches were like speaking that weird chant, and we didn't know there was. Uh, some sort of weapon that could compete with a lightsaber besides the dark saber and they just went back and forth and she was trying to hold him off while Thrawn was trying to 
uh, escape, and then you had the whole spaceship raining down on them with the laser guns, and then the whole area collapsed, right? Uh, so that whole moment, I put number three, uh, the Ahsoka Sabine lightsaber uh, and laser gun blaster fight with Morgan Elsbeth and the stormtroopers. What'd you put for number three, brother? Yeah, to move into number three for me, my number three moment went to the part where Sabine has the choice to either join Ezra Bridger aboard Thrawn's ship as they're departing and thwart Thrawn's plans or to stay behind and help Ahsoka, even though she'd be stranded on Peridia with Ahsoka. And she makes the choice to stay. I thought that was really, really important because she could have joined. The whole point of her getting there was she wanted to be reunited with Ezra, find him, make sure he wasn't dead, and bring him back. And instead of going back with him, she makes the choice to stay with her master who was outnumbered, like I said, about 15 to 1, I think we talked about last week. Something around those numbers. And she ended up taking out the troopers, which allowed Ahsoka to focus on taking out Morgan Elsbeth. So I just thought that was a big development in their relationship and showed you know, how they went from the very beginning where they could barely stand each other and Sabine didn't have a lot of respect for Ahsoka's authority and Ahsoka couldn't figure out how to communicate effectively with Sabine to this point where Sabine chooses to stay on a stranded planet where she would be fucked and no idea how she's going to get home, but she made the choice to stay with her master to make sure she survived and help out the best that she could. And I thought that was a huge moment in the character development of Sabine Wren. So I put that as my number three moment when she made the decision instead of to get on that ship and make it back to her own galaxy with Ezra to stay with Sabine on Peridia and make sure that her master survived and that she helped out the best that she could. So that hit my number three moment. Go into your number two, brother. Number two, you already mentioned it. The moment where C-3PO shows up in the court and you had that mention of Leia Organa and uh, that whole moment that saved Hera, Syndulla. So it was awesome. It was that sense of nostalgia. I never expected he would be there. You know, someone from the actual originals (laughs) would be there. So it was fantastic. So number two, I put the moment C-3PO Shows up in the courtroom, and they mention Leia Organa. What's number one, brother? Well, it's number two for me. And so number number two two on my end goes to Balin Skull versus Ahsoka round one. And when I say round one, I mean that point. I think Chase already mentioned it in his favorite moments here is that part where she tried to grab the map. It burned her hand. She had the upper hand in the moment. She could have just sliced the map or stabbed the map with her lightsaber. She made a mistake. She didn't fight him with both sabers that she had. She only decided to utilize the one saber. And I think it, it worked to her disadvantage. And we got to see the top Jedi that we look to as almost unbeatable, we got to see her fall. We got to see the strength and ability of this other guy, Balin Skull, is like, oh shit, who is this motherfucker? And then, you know, from there, you got to have a newfound respect for this guy because, you know, like we said, it didn't even seem like he was trying to kill her or defeat her. He just wanted to stall her both times. Number one, so they can get the coordinates of the map, and the second time, so that way, you know, they can get thrown off the fucking planet. But regardless, in this exact moment, I had the moment with uh, Balin Skull versus Ahsoka round one where we saw one of our top heroes fall for the first time and I thought that was one hell of a, of a way to kind of hit the midpoint because that was episode four there's eight episodes in Ahsoka season one and the midpoint is shit our top fucking you know top of the line hero here 
she's still got some learning to do because she can't handle the top tier competition just yet. So for me, that is what came into my number two spot, Balen Skull versus Ahsoka round one, where he knocks her off the ledge. And now we're going to go into your number one spot, brother. Go ahead and take it away. What's your number one spot here in favorite moments of season one of Ahsoka? I think you know what my number one spot is. When Anakin shows up, baby. (laughs) Anakin shows up in episode five. And you have that moment where he's like, we're here to finish your training. You know, he basically gives her a choice. You know, live or die. That's it. You know, shows her he's got to fight a little dirty. Hasn't shown shown her everything yet. Cuts the platform. You got to see the back history of them in the Clone Wars and her as a little kid. And where he basically is giving her the choice. Like, survive or die right now. And uh, that whole moment, it was, uh, you know, we haven't seen Anakin like that in years. Like, of course, in Obi-Wan, we saw him, but he was Darth Vader there. We haven't seen our Anakin in a long, long time. And it definitely took me back to when I was growing up. And it is great to see Hayden Christensen uh, back in the role he belongs in. And I stand by it. And uh, what's yours, Jay Nelly? Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. My number one favorite moment in this season one of Ahsoka is when Anakin was teaching Ahsoka her final lesson, which was to live. And I thought that was badass. They brought him back. We got to see a battle between the two. We got the life lessons behind it. We got to see Anakin change from the good version of himself to Darth Vader and back again. And we got to see everything in between. And at the very end, he he realizes that Ahsoka has learned what she needed to learn, goes back to this good thing and, and uh, lets her be on her merry way, man. So like I do, it was just fucking sick. It was nostalgic. It was badass. Even if you've never seen any of the prequels, it was already cool as it was just to hear who, who this guy is and, and the lesson he was trying to teach her. And the fact that he even said, I'm here to finish your training. And I, I just thought that was so, so dope. I don't think there was anything that could really top that moment in season one here. So I think we're both on in agreement for our number one spot, but let me go ahead and, and run through my favorite moments five through one. I'll let you do the same for me. My fifth favorite moment is when Shinati stabbed Sabine Wren through the stomach chest area with the lightsaber in episode one to kick off the series. Crazy way to start this whole damn thing. Number four spot goes to when C-3PO shows up and gets General Era Syndulla cleared by order of Leia Organa. Got that nostalgic feel there with both C-3PO and Leia Organa that we got to hear from and see in the Obi-Wan series when she was a child. So good to see her growth and that she's still being mentioned. My number three spot is when Sabine had the choice to either join Ezra Bridger on board of Thrawn's ship and thwart Thrawn's plans or decide to stay behind and help Ahsoka even though she'd be stranded on the planet with her and she still decides to stay regardless of the fact that she's going to be stuck on that planet seemingly forever with Ahsoka, but it's going to be those two together. So I thought that was a big moment in their relationship development, and that hit my number three spot. Number two was Balin Skull versus Ahsoka round one where he knocks her off the ledge. And, of course, the number one spot goes to Anakin teaching Ahsoka her final lesson, which was to live. So that was my five through one. Chase, go through your five through one favorite moments here in season one of Ahsoka. Number five, I have Ahsoka's light favor, lightsaber fight with Marak in episode two. Number four, I have the Balin Skull and Ahsoka and Sabine and Shin Hati big brawl that happened in episode four as number four. 
In number three, I have Ahsoka and Sabine, their lightsaber fight uh, with Morgan Elsbeth and the stormtroopers that are there. Number two, I have C-3PO's cameo and the mention of Leia Organa. And number one, our guy Anakin Skywalker shows up to finish Ahsoka Tano's training and teaches her, you know, I haven't taught you everything yet. And that's my uh, five through one. Hell yeah, man. Now to close our rankings out, we have put together our top five warriors that we've actually seen fight in season one. So there's a few people that you may think should be ranked higher, but we didn't necessarily see them in combat in season one. So with that being said, I'll go ahead and kick us off. For me, number five, I put Sabine Wren as my fifth top five ranked warrior here found in season one. I thought she was good. I thought there's a lot of room for improvement. She got her ass kicked by Shin Hati in episode one, and she continuously tried to improve until she got to the point where she was a formidable opponent against the other enemies while she was fighting side by side with Ahsoka while Ahsoka was fighting Morgan Elsbeth. She took all those out. So she showed promise and she was always willing to get there in there and and rough it up in battle with these fuckers. So she deserves to be on the list, but she doesn't get it any higher at this point than number five. So again, my number five ranking goes to Sabine Wren, man. What's your number five ranking for top five warriors? Number five, I put Ezra Bridger. So I, I wanted to rank him higher. The issue I had was we didn't get to see enough of him, I feel like. But I think he held his own. I mean, we had that one episode uh, where all he did was use the Force, and he gave Sabine Wren his lightsaber to use. So I think there's respect in that. Uh, and we have seen him use the lightsaber. In episode eight, eight, you know, he was kicking Stormtrooper's ass, and he built his lightsaber back with Hu Yang. So I think there's respect for that. So for number five, I put Ezra Bridger. What about yourself, brother? For no, in your next one. Yeah, for number four on my end. And then look, to your point, man, like Ezra Bridger, if we had seen more of him, he may have made my list, but we just didn't see enough. But I will tell you one person we saw a lot of in nonstop battle sequences. My number four spot goes to Shin Hati. And she was just nonstop involved in all the fucking smoke. I'm talking about from episode one to Balin Skull say, hey, go find people and destroy them. And then she was in the, the Starfighters trying to shoot down Ahsoka's ship when Ahsoka got to Peridia. Like, this motherfucking girl right here, Shinati was nonstop in the action. No, she didn't win every single battle. But, bro, she was in every single fucking battle. So, for me, she at least hits the number four spot. Couldn't leave her off the list, brother. So, for me, number four goes to Shin Hati. What's your number four spot, man? Number four, I put Morgan Elsbeth. Uh, I mean, we saw her in battle. I mean, she held her own. She had that, like, uh, talisman, <laughs> the blade of talisman. It was pretty badass. I mean, especially when she got you know possessed or whatever it was by the witches i think you know i i think she she gave ahsoka a run for her money i would say so for that i put morgan elsbeth as my number three what's your next one janelle yeah well i think that was your number four right oh yeah number four sorry yeah number four (laughs) so yeah no worries my number three going to number three for myself I put Morgan Elsbeth, and the reason why I ranked her above both Sabine Wren and Shinati is because we got to see 
her boost up in power when the witches gave her this ability and you saw her eyes turn black. She had this glowing aura around her. She had that sword that can compete with some lightsabers. And we saw her hold her own against Ahsoka Tano one-on-one. We've never seen Shinati be able to hold her own one-on-one against Ahsoka. And obviously, Sabine Ren, I bring below her because Shinati continues to whoop that ass. So for me, I needed to put uh, Morgan Elizabeth kind of in the middle but towards the top. So it was a pretty clear-cut choice that number three was going to go to Morgan Elizabeth, not only because Ahsoka Tano had to be the one to arrest her in the first place back before this season even started, because a season opens up with Morgan Elizabeth in custody on a prison transport ship, but then again, when she got the additional power from the the Night Sisters of Dathomir, whatever you want to call them, then she really pushed Ahsoka to the brink of her ability, even though she ended up losing that battle and getting cut down and died. She did push Ahsoka to uh to new levels so i will give number th- my number three spot to morgan elsbeth and chase how about you go into your number three spot here on your fifth uh, your top five ranked warriors here in season one number three i put ahsoka tano i mean she did well i mean she did well after anakin trained her and uh she definitely um improved i would say i mean she definitely i would say was taking it for granted the talent she had in the beginning but she did well. She defeated Morgan Elspeth. She defeated Marak. She tried to fight Daddy Skull. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, for that reason, I put Ahsoka as number three. Yeah, man. To move into my number two spot, I put Ahsoka Tano as my number two. So, like I guess I mainly base this off of the people that we've seen fight. And, you know, I, I do think that I have an idea where chase is gonna go now that i'm thinking about it i thought this motherfucker was gonna at least keep it on the same playing field but it seems that he's maybe go off into other realms not necessarily the physical realm but anyways i'm not trying to ruin i'm not trying to ruin that for y'all just yet but for me i'm gonna put my number two spot with ahsoka tano because really there's no one that can compete with her outside of the number one ranked guy and she's proved that like she's taken out everybody and she killed Morgan Elizabeth even with Morgan Elizabeth charged up. She threw Shinati against the damn pillar, knocked her unconscious, so she was no match. We obviously know Sabine Wren is being trained by Ahsoka, so you know, she can't be stronger than Ahsoka. So like just by process of elimination and what she's shown on screen, and even in the Mandalorian, when she's a badass there as well, Ahsoka Tano deserves the number two spot for me. I'll go ahead and let Chase move into his number two spot. So go right on ahead, brother. Tell us number two. Go ahead. I feel like uh, Jay Nelly knows my prediction for number one. And I'll give an explanation for that, for that though. But <laughs> number two, I put Daddy Skull, Balin Skull. Fact of the matter is, is Ahsoka tried her best to beat him. He wasn't even half trying. Uh you know, I mean, he threw Ahsoka off a cliff. And, um, I mean, I know he didn't go up against Morgan Elizabeth, but Ahsoka beat Elizabeth, so process of elimination, I don't think anyone really stands a chance to... Well, I know some people do. <laughs> but very few people stand a chance to Balin Skull. So Balin Skull, I put as number two. What's your next one, Jay Nelly? Yeah, my number one spot goes to Balin Skull because he's actually in the damn fucking series in the physical realm and actually is an important part of this season as a whole. You know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to shame anybody over there, Chase. <laughs> but regardless, Balin Skull hits the number one spot because the Sokotano tried twice, failed twice to beat this motherfucker. He even said, you can't defeat me. And she said, perhaps not, but I don't have to. So 
like nonstop has he shown he's the top fucking dog. You know, we we can maybe make the case later on for Grand Admiral Thrawn, but the fact of the matter is he didn't fight. He, we didn't see him in combat in season one here, so he's off the list because he, we haven't seen him in action. Who he saw in action, Balin Skull took down everybody he needed to take down. In the very beginning, he gets on board, fucking uses the force, makes quick work of those people, gets Morgan Elsbeth out of that transport ship. And then he fought uh, Ahsoka Tano in episode four, knocks her ass off the ledge. She comes back in episode seven. He's, she still can't beat him. He's in there delaying her, and she's got to use a smokescreen tactic like this is Pokemon, fucking smokescreen in here to run. And she ends up getting off on his holler and spencing away, but she didn't actually beat him in hand-to-hand combat. So... There's only one person who's been fucking undefeated so far in the Ahsoka series, and it's Balin motherfucking Skull. And I'm going to argue with Chase because I know what the fuck he's going to say for number one. <laughs> I'm going to argue with his ass afterwards, but that's my number one spot. So, Chase, please go ahead and tell everyone on who you have for number one and why you put him number one. It's Hugh Yang. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you. It's not Hu Yang. I'm not fuck with you guys. It's Hu Yang. Hu Yang was great. He was outside the spaceship defending them, and then Ahsoka had to come, you know, come defend the territory. But it's been Hu Yang all along. Fuck you guys. It's Anakin Skywalker, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fucking fuck, man. You know what? I will say this. I was debating whether or not this counted, and that's why originally I was going to put Merrick as my number five because of his little fan blade, but fuck that. (laughs) Anakin taught Ahsoka. He kicked Ahsoka's ass and got her back in shape, and like you you said, I haven't taught you everything yet. Cut the platform. She didn't know how to fight dirty, and then after she fought Daddy Anakin... You can try. If it wasn't for Anakin fucking Skywalker, she wouldn't even be fucking alive. And she wouldn't have even tried. She was being a little baby, crying around, complaining about all the tough battles she had. And Daddy Anakin came in there and whipped that motherfucking ass. And that's what Daddy Anakin can do. And the only person that can beat Balin Skull is Darth motherfucking Vader, baby. And that's exactly who we saw on screen. We saw conviction. And that's exactly what we saw. Anakin takes number one. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are I'm going to argue with you, motherfucking ass. And the reason why I'm going to argue with you is because in that little purgatory, Ahsoka Tano ended up getting the better of Anakin. But you know who Ahsoka Tano did never get the better of? Balin Skull. And that means Balin Skull is the top dog in this season. Yeah, you can't put Anakin in the fucking spiritual realm. He's sitting there trying to be helpful. Dude, motherfucking turns from good to bad, back to good. He doesn't even know what he's trying to do. He's trying to help out. He's trying to be hurtful. He doesn't fucking know. And on top of that, Ahsoka Tano still ends up getting the upper hand at the very end. And he's like, oh, you're ready. But guess what? The motherfucker wasn't ready because she still couldn't beat Daddy Skull when it counted. She had to use a smokescreen tactic to escape. She pressed the run button on the Pokemon Game Boy Advance. That's what I'm saying right there. So no matter what you say, even Anakin was defeated by Ahsoka Tano at the very end of that little sequence. But you know who Ahsoka Tano never defeated? Balin Skull. Erroneous! Erroneous on all counts! So, uh, no, that's fine. Why don't you run through your list, Jay Nelly? 
Yeah, sounds like a plan. So, in my uh, top five warriors that we've actually seen fight here in season one of Ahsoka, my number five spot goes to Sabine Wren. Number four goes to Shin Ha T. Number three goes to Morgan Elsbeth. Number two goes to Ahsoka Tano. And number one goes to the Balin Skull. Go through your five to one, brother. Number five, I got Ezra Bridger because of his force tactics. Number four, I have Morgan Elsbeth because of her blade of talisman and all that fucking ass kicking she was doing. Number three, Ahsoka Tano. Number two, Daddy Skull, Balin Skull. And number one, Daddy Anakin, which, you know, as a, uh, you know, whatever you say as a, a clause here, I would have put Marek as number five. So it's really... Marek, Ezra Bridger, Morgan Elsbeck, Ahsoka Tano, Balin Skull as number one. But Daddy Anakin whoops ass. It's Anakin above all. If Anakin's fucking in it, I don't give a fuck. It's ta- I don't give a fuck. It's taking number one. Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. That's all we need. That's right. Sounds good, but man. Well... If there's nothing else here on either of our ends, we'll go ahead and close out for the day. So, folks, if this has been your first time joining us, we really hope you enjoyed what you heard today and you stick around. And for those who have been here since the very beginning, thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. Online, if you're looking where you can find us, we are on all social sites. We're on Instagram at official ridiculous patronus. We're on TikTok at ridiculous patronus. Got a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. Backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We've got a Facebook fan page, which is Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We're on YouTube, Ridiculous Patronus. We're on Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. We're on Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy. And we do have our own website as well, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. So please be sure to click like, subscribe, follow, leave star ratings, leave written reviews, comment. All the audience engagement really helps us here on the show, so please continue to do so. And then in terms of where you can find us to listen to the podcast itself, if you're an Apple user, we are on Apple Podcasts. And if you're an Android user, we're on Google Play. We're also on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Acast. We're on Amazon Music. We're on our host site, Podbean. Wherever you get your podcasts, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. We are out for the day because this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing Signing off. off.